streaming live around the world, this is Paper Cuts with Brad and Jay. I'm the one you love. I'm Jay. Thanks so much for stopping by. There's Brad. It's his show. It's his show. That's why I'm the host, and we just love Jay. Now you know it's all natural. I mean, you know, nothing's rehearsed, right? No, absolutely nothing is rehearsed on this show. God, you just suck the life out of me. It just feels like <laughs> you've fun. got you've got a lot grayer since we started this. I I'll have, I know, I have. Tonight it's a book launch celebration with Mother Horror Sadie Hartman. We are live. Celebrate good times. Hey, hey, what's up, everyone? <laughs> Welcome to Paper Cuts. And since it's Tuesday evening here in the East Coast, right? We're the East. Brad, geography. <laughs> that means it's a special edition. I, I know you're thinking every paper cuts is a special edition. Yeah. My head's swelling. Brad's head's swelling a little bit. <laughs> Enough of us. Okay. That's Bradford over there. I'm Jay. Enough of us. That's all you're going to hear about from us. The reason we're here this evening is to celebrate. Celebrate the official release, the launch of a book by the one everyone knows as Mother Horror. That's right. One of the most influential people in the horror community is here to celebrate the release of her book, 101 Horror Books to Read Before You're Murdered. Please welcome to the program, Sadie Hartman. Sadie, thank you so much for stopping by. We appreciate it. Anything anything new? Anything new going on? Anything happening? You know? No, no. Today any, any big news? Really subtle. Um, I woke up. <laughs> I didn't think about anything. I just kind of sat around and read my books and it's a yeah. typical day in the neighborhood. Typical Tuesday. We got you. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> First you know, of all, congratulations. Always... Yeah, Thank congratulations. You. Congratulations. Thank you. I've been trying to figure out a reason to pop open this brand new bottle of bourbon I have. It's very hard <laughs> to find in Ohio because Kentucky holds it all. But yeah, well, it's a hoarder this, of bourbon. <laughs> this, this is a celebration. So I did open it up. So. Well, yeah. cheers. I've got my sparkle water. All right. we're, we're, we'll do it to the camera here. <laughs> oh, cheers. <laughs> yes. So I wanted to ask you, what is it, what's it felt like today having a book out in the world for the very first time? And you're surrounded by your books too, for people that don't know behind you, it's all around you. <laughs> yeah, I'm in Nightworm's headquarters, just in case you didn't know. I mean, it looks pretty industrial in here. Um, <laughs> let's see. I... It's a mixed bag of emotions, to be honest with you. Um, I wrote this book last year. I was invited to write it in the beginning of 2022. So it pretty much consumed all of last year for me. And then mentally, it's consumed a lot of this year as well with just like the waiting game. Um, But I wrote a Substack this morning and just really sat with my thoughts. And I considered like, what does this release really mean to me? And honestly, it feels like, I'm letting go of it. Like, I feel like I've been holding its hand this whole time, um, Mm -hmm. promoting it, talking about it, editing it, reading it over and over again, um, thinking about it. And today really marks the first time that I get to kind of let go of its hand and let it go out and do what what it's going to do. And now it belongs to the readers. Like, I, I made this thing, I created it, it was kind of this insular project with my team at Page Street Publishing, um, shout out to Alexandra Murphy, um, and then I just let it go, and now it's, and now it's, it has its own life, it gets to live its own life. <laughs> so you, you mentioned you were invited to write it, how did that happen, who actually invited you to write it, this wasn't um, your, go ahead. Yeah, no, my my Alexandra Murphy, um, my editor, invited me. So she works at Page Street Publishing. She pitched it 
to the publishing house. Um, they apparently liked the idea. Uh, she had been following me on social media for quite some time and thought that I would be a good fit for a book like this. So she asked me and I considered it for some time. I, I, when I write reviews, I write super conversationally. Like I do right, not right. put on an authoritative voice. Or <laughs> this is what's wrong with the book here. <laughs> I, don't, I don't use purple prose. I like tell people to go fucking buy the book. Like that'll be opening line of my review. Hey, you know what? Just go buy the book, you know? Right. Um, but I, I was hesitant because I thought, writing a whole book that's going to go out into bookstores and, and, and just go wider uh, to mm -hmm. a wider audience. I, I wasn't sure if I could really pull that off. Right. Um, but after I just started playing around with the idea, I thought I can, I can do this. Like yeah. if they will give me sort of like a creative um, pass at just being myself. And mm -hmm. if I can just keep my voice, I think I can do it. I think I can talk about horror for the length of a book. <laughs> so, so now you're feeling that pressure that of get it out there into the world where, you know, we're, we're usually reading these stories and books that uh, the people, you know, release. We're not on, on that side of it, but now you're on that side yeah. of it and you're yeah. feeling that pressure. Yeah. How, how's that feel? I mean, now that it's out, is there a big sigh of relief? I mean, a lot of weight off your shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. This is a whole different, like pre-publication and post-publication feels totally different. Like, um, I feel like they're just really small, intimate conversations between me and like a few people about this book, you know, to begin with. And then today it was like the floodgates just opened and people were, you know, coming at me with like their stories and their opinions. I like, I had this one person on Bookstagram message me and tell me this really emotional story about a coworker of theirs that passed away who was a subscriber of Nightworms and like had the magnets like all over their locker. And mm -hmm. she just, she said that this book would have made her like so happy. Wow. And I just like, I can't, oh, sorry. I don't want to <laughs> this early, but I can't even think about how um, amazing that is. Like, that's all I want to do is like reach horror to the right people, like bring those two together. And that was a really emotional story. So wow, that, that sounds emotional. Yeah. <laughs> that was a lot for me. Yeah. Especially on this day. Right. <laughs> yes. On this day, like, you know, I just, you think about like the audience at large, right? you know, all mm -hmm. of the people out there, social media tends to feel really small because you see the same familiar people a lot. Bookstagram is the same way. I have kind of a, a people group that I talk to all the time. Um, but then to hear from those people who are just outside of that and mm -hmm. hanging out at bookstores and, and coworkers of friends of mine who saw the book and are reading the book, it's like, this is so much bigger than myself and it feels mm -hmm. really big yeah. <laughs> i feel like you did keep your voice too because it's almost like each book you talk about is i don't know say they're a review but a little mini kind of a mini review just kind of your gut feelings about these books and why people should read them so I, I feel like you kept your voice throughout thank you even with like the uh like the different sections you know there's haunted houses and ghosts and all that stuff you describing like sort of each genre each subgenre. i feel like you kept your voice throughout so I totally feel like it's authentic to Sadie Hartman, Mother Horror. Right. Thank you. Like, right. you know, that was really important to me was just to feel like um, we're just, oh, hey, Chad, we're just uh, <laughs> friends. Um, 
you know, we're just friends. We're buddies. We're talking about horror. We're sitting at a coffee shop, like rapping about horror, which you could do with just about anyone who is a horror junkie. Like, I feel like horror fans are the friendliest, coolest people. And yeah, yeah, you could just sit in a pub or sit in a coffee shop and be like, oh my God, did you read this book? It was so good. And that's kind of how I wanted it to feel. Well, there's so many people here. (laughs) Yeah, there's. It's so cool that like a lot of times you'll just see top 100 list or top 50 list. And it's just that word or name or whatever. You, it's like you did a lot of research for each one. There's a reason why you put each one in this book. And like Travis yeah. said, it gives a little bit of a, a, you know, what's going on with the book and why it deserves to be in this list. So it's like you you went beyond, you know, what a lot of people would have done with just a regular list of here, read these 101 books, you know? So. Yeah. You know <laughs> what I did? I, when, when, when Alexandra first came at me with this idea, one of the first things I did was go and Google like horror lists. Mm-hmm. And I, I challenge everybody to do this. Okay. Because you'll see what I saw. So there are <laughs> as many horror lists that you could think of on the internet as you would imagine, like every single <laughs> magazine or platform or anything, blog person, bookstagrammer have made lists of horror that you should read. And so I really took into consideration like, okay, this has to be different. And the way that I chose for it to be different was one to speak to my, my um, level of knowledge. Like I, to, I did not read all the books in the world. I didn't. I'm just going to yeah. confess right now. There are so many horror books out there and I didn't read them all. So I, I'm the most familiar with modern horror. I have read a lot of classic horror as well because I'm old. Um, but I didn't want to make a list where like Dracula had to be on it mm-hmm. and Rosemary's Baby yeah. and, you know, all the Stephen King. Like, how would you pick a Stephen King book to represent a spot on the list? Right. And then those books would end up squeezing out some of these other books that I really want people to read that they're never going to find. Cause I right. looked at those lists on the internet and they're not on there, these books, you know? Yeah. So I, I decided that's how I was going to pare it down. I think that's my favorite thing about the book is that it's, I think it's all from 2000 to current pretty much is when the book was published is when you're talking about it. Yeah. So it's not the same Frankenstein and Dracula and, you know, hunting on hunting of Hill House because everybody knows about those books. So right. you're, you're bringing bringing books that probably a lot of the the casual horror person that only reads Stephen King or goes to Barnes and Noble and sees Dean Koontz, Stephen King, a lot of them probably won't know a lot of these authors in here, which is great to expand their horizons and get these other I want to say underrepresented but less well known authors out more in the limelight for people start picking up their books too because they're just as great as all the books on your your classic you know dracula frankenstein all those books just yeah people don't know about them as much because everyone like you said talks about dracula and frankenstein and all that on their list instead well and we're having like a a, an influx of horror every single week really Mm -hmm. so lately on my patreon i've been every single tuesday which i consider to be pub days um we get ah friends um sorry <laughs> if i get distracted i'm looking you're at the totally the fine comments. No, you're fine night <laughs> so many friends um so yeah so what what ends up happening is um where was i what, what was I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about uh, uh 
all the new releases like you're doing yes, stuff on Patreon okay. and stuff. So on my Patreon, every Tuesday is pub day and I go and gather like as as to the best of my ability, I gather all the books that are coming out every Tuesday. And it's a lot every Tuesday every too. Week. It's at least seven to 10 and sometimes more. So today was a big day. Today was a big day. There was a lot of releases today and last week as well. August is just a huge month. July was a huge month. Summer months are really um, big for horror. And so can you just imagine and like wrap your minds, do the math. I hate math, but like guys, do the math. <laughs> if you have seven to, you know, 10, let's just go with 10 every Tuesday for a month. And we're talking like 40 to 50 new horror novels every single month. That's the ones I can find. Okay. We're talking indie and traditional. There are some who are flying under the radar that I don't pick up on. Okay. Right. So I'm sorry if I didn't shout you out. But that is a lot of horror to navigate for people. And so what I'm trying to do with this book is to just give like a little framework to this narrative and, and just assure people like, yes, you should go back and read some Shirley Jackson and some HP Lovecraft, although I have it, and <laughs> Stephen King and, you know, all these cool books, like, like fit those in. But if you want to kind of jump into modern horror like this is a good place to start yeah. and uh, this is like a little guidebook for you and then you can start moving forward and not feel like you're left behind like this is a good jumping in spot um and there's kind of a checklist in the oh, yeah, back the checklist is so, it's a tbr list that's so cool right. yeah so you can mark them off as you go through um there's also a, a section called you're a horror junkie now what so i have a list of all these different places that you can check out like your library and different things to do to find more horror affordable horror um you know a lot of people always tell me that i'm like so damaging to their budget to their book budget <laughs> i'm not sorry about that um but i also know that you should be you know oh Thanks, Seth. Um, you should also just be like ch checking out your library, check out the Libby app, um, borrow books from your friends. I built my entire Stephen King library apart from like brand new books that have been coming out, but um, from thrift stores. So yeah. same know. with me. Half price thrift books. books. Yeah. eBay thrift books. Stephen yeah. King books. Yeah. So, I mean, there's affordable ways that you can have like a ginormous horror library like I do. I kind of looked at of this book as the epitome of coffee table books, you oh. know, where, because let's say I have, I have it on my coffee table. I mean, if somebody comes over, it's going to start a conversation. Well, what is this? You know, well, I'm glad you're asked. Are you into horror? And let's, let's just hop right into it. Brad, I don't, you're a little young. Coffee table books I happened know. back in the eighties, seventies, the sixties. But yeah, I mean, it's like the epitome of coffee table books. You know, it's like there should be there. When somebody comes over, start a conversation with it. I mean, yeah. yeah. Cool. And I can, Speaking of the checklist, I can already see people making challenges to, you know, be able to go through and check up all these books. Yeah. And have just a TBR of, you know, specifically for this book and see if they can read everything through it. The Mother yeah. Horror Challenge. That's what it is. Mother I, I hear it challenge. now. Yeah. It's going to be all over it's, Twitter tomorrow. It'll be yeah, on the books, Bookstagram and Booktube and everything. Do it and tag, yeah. you know, tag me in it, tag me in stuff. I love that. I'm on Instagram and, and, I'm not as on, I'm not as much on Twitter as I used to be, but I, you know, I have been lately just, for book promotion, but mostly Instagram. I started a book club today. I launched my book club. So nice. Yeah. So I'm on Fable as a horror book um, club. 
and yeah. you can just look Tom for a fable a second ago there you go yeah yeah and it's fun it's really fun we're gonna so the first 50 people that signed up today which that's already done um are gonna get a free ebook an in-app ebook and then we're gonna read through this book together and i get to like make annotations and comments and interact with people as we go through this book and then after that the sky's the limit we're gonna read i want to read victor laval's the changeling before the movie comes out i'm we're going to read All Hollows by Christopher Golden in October. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be fun. Yeah. Leah's got the, the hashtag mother whore challenge. It's, oh, <laughs> it's, it's going to take off already. It's, it's, gonna, it's yes. starting already. I love a hashtag. Yeah. Before we get too much further into the book, I want to backtrack just a little bit. Because I know back in the day, you used to be, was Sadie Reads Them All, I think was your, was your sort of name. Yeah. So how, how did you go from, and I'm assuming with that, you read more diversely fantasy and maybe a bunch of other stuff. What was the sort of the light bulb moment where you wanted to have your main focus be strictly, I know you read other stuff besides horror, but where was the light bulb moment where you wanted to sort of strictly focus on horror? Yeah, sure. Um, so I, speaking of hashtags and challenges, I <laughs> would do like a spooky season challenge. So for mm -hmm. the month of October, I would do like hashtag spooky season or, um, you know, some other hashtag circle of bookish friends was a big one that we did for a long time. <clears throat> and I would just challenge people to gather up all their Halloween and like October fall ish related books. And let's read them in October. October is not long enough. Okay, so then I started oh. doing September and October, then it was September, October and November. <laughs> then, <laughs> then Ashley nicknamed me mother horror. She was like, I feel like you've adopted all of us and now you're like <laughs> our mother of horror. So I changed my username to mother horror. I extended it into this six long, six month long spooky season. And then it just was like, you know, fuck all the other books. <laughs> <laughs> so was that like, was that like a, an epiphany moment? Like, yeah, I can I really like this. I mean, not that you weren't, not that you were not a horror fan before, but like right. it really seems like to really dive into it then. Like yeah yeah definitely yeah i mean and you know brad you're so i mean just for a little context so when we first did nightworms it was um almost like a reviewing book club so mm -hmm. we would request books uh there was about 10 or 15 of us we would request books and read them all together and do these big lump book reviews um and brad would join us all the time with his youtube channel and his youtube reviews um and he's on bookstagram too so the kind of like vibe on bookstagram is just a rabid sort of like frenzy of book <laughs> reading and enabling each other to buy all the books and read all the books. So, I mean, as soon as I just kind of transitioned into this like horror account, I found other horror accounts. And when you do that and people are constantly recommending stuff to you and posting, I mean, it is, it is a whirlwind of horror. I'm surrounded so much. by it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's so many horror books out there that are on everyone's list. Like, I get overwhelmed at times because I'm like, I'm reading a book, a horror book. I'm like, okay, I got to get this done for a show. But I should be reading these two other books, too, that came in before it. But I should read these five other books. And it's just like, yeah. it's just a never-ending, okay, who's, <laughs> who's, what's going to happen first, you know? So, right. yeah. Yeah. Well, if you could see, like, the 300 books that are over. I can even <laughs> yeah. point to it that are over here in the corner. I mean, Ridiculous. it's a good problem to have, right? right. I mean, we're yeah. never I mean, there are a lot of worse things in life, so <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. And I mean, I, I have my Kindle that I read at night. I have a physical or two books that I read during the day. And then I just recently got into audiobooks, which really unlocks kind of like maybe those books that you're not vibing with, but you really want to try. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't, don't get me wrong. I do not finish books I don't like. Okay. So if I'm 20 pages into it and I'm not digging it, like I usually give it a pass. But there are some books that I'm not vibing with that I've heard so many people are really enjoying. And I'm like, maybe I'm just not like this just isn't, you know, gelling with the way that I read a book. And you put a narrator in front of you that kind of has a different tone to their voice or is reading for different, you know, doing a different voice for different characters. And it will unlock that book for you. Like, yeah, that's happened to me more times than not. That's a good way to look at it because I, I can't do audiobooks. I don't have the attention span for audiobooks. I'll start doing something else and then lose track of what's happening. So sure, it's, yeah. It's, it's really, really hard for me. But yeah, that's a different way to yeah. look at it, especially like if a, the written one's not really vibing with you, try a different way. So that's yeah, I can do a, I can do like true crime and like like a Star Wars audiobook. But if it's something like I really need to pay attention to, I have a struggle with it a little bit because I get yeah. distracted and have to rewind and I forget what they're talking about. I do enjoy I, audiobooks. That used to be my my biggest complaint too, because I was just too busy. Or I like to listen to music when I'm in the car. I like to really turn it up and listen to music. Yeah. Um, but yeah, audiobooks, like if you're doing like a really menial task, you're gardening, you're mowing the lawn, like you're washing dishes, like whatever it is that is just, you know, like your brain is free. Um, I think those are the best times to get into an audiobook. Yeah. Yeah. I do it at the grocery store a lot walking down the house with these headphones on everybody probably thinks i'm weird but i'm listening to audio who cares yeah, yeah. introverts <laughs> need to have their headphones on <laughs> yeah I did, and i also wanted to mention that the title of your book is sort of misleading in a, in a good way because i'm pretty sure there's more than 101 books that you mention in here oh yeah checklist a- brad that was that was, that was an inside thing no <laughs> it, it's good she's an overachiever in a good way because <laughs> you list 91 individual books and then you have 10 author spotlights right and each one of those has five to six seven books and then you'll have like uh let's see on this page you have like a little breakout box or pop-up box and it's called for this one one more epic apocalypse books and you list like 10 or so more so there's do you know how many books are actually mentioned in here no i don't more than 101 i don't you're like totally ratting me out right now like i always (laughs) tell people there's no stephen king on the list there's only 101 there's no repeats but it's a total lie because i go through the entire thing and like mention all kinds of books (laughs) 101 sounds better than 119 so it's like it's 201 probably yeah Yeah, probably yeah you're gonna get way more for your dollar see that's it more bang for your buck more more than 101 Yep. Was it how hard was it to narrow down this list to what the books are in here? Just impossible task. It was ridiculous. I had this paper list that I was scribbling out and moving things around and like literally crying over books that I had to like scratch out. <laughs> I was like, well, maybe I can fit it in somewhere else. Like, and that's what a lot of those pop-up boxes are, are books mm-hmm. that I wanted to actually be on the list, but I, you know, couldn't fit everything on there. Um, And I was really intentional. I had my own personal like private criteria for what I was really trying to achieve with this list. So, you know, I I needed to make things work a certain way for me for what I wanted to set out to do and my goals for the book. 
Um, so I just really had to be um, generous at first. And then as I started weeding it out, I needed to really just be ruthless with the list. And I convinced myself to do that. Like I, at some point I just had to like get over it and start cutting things out, but it was hard. <laughs> I'm sure. I want to mention that you have a couple of uh, heavy hitters contributing a few essays to essays. This. Yeah. Did you have a bunch of favors stored up in the past and decided <laughs> to like, just call them in just all right now or no, let me tell you how the, the <laughs> essays work. So the essays was a really cool idea. Um, I'm not entirely sure how it manifested. I know I wanted to invite some people to speak about topics that they are an authority on mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. have personal experience with. Um, so I didn't want to talk over or step on anybody's toes on subjects that I feel are important to bring up for horror, but I'm also not the person to do that. So I did tell my team that, and we kind of brainstormed an idea of the essays. <clears throat> and I think at first it was just going to be one or two, but then when they told, um, you know, another set of, in the hierarchy of publishing, um, what we wanted to do with the essays, they gave us a bigger budget for that and said that I could pick more people to be involved. Um, and I kind of had an idea of who I wanted to right. talk authoritatively about certain subjects. So, um, and then, yeah, I just, I just invited people that I really respect and honor and feel are, are have a lot to bring to the table and pleasantly, like I was not rejected. So <laughs> people were happy to do that. <laughs> Did you have That's to turn true. anybody away? No, I okay. didn't. <laughs> I thought we'd get some kind of like inside juice. But... Jay, we don't need the drama, Jay. Come on now. <laughs> Jay. <laughs> Come on. I have a little controversy. <laughs> I want to talk about I want to talk about the artwork because yes. the cover is great. Yeah. But also like the same style of art is present throughout the entire book. Like each like section has art. And then like almost I feel like almost each page has a little something on it. A little icon or a little piece of art so who was the artist did uh marco fontanelli am i saying his name correctly yeah yeah and marco is amazing you definitely have to check out he has like an instagram he has an uh, a website Mar marco fontanelli hopefully you can maybe put that link in the show notes or something for people but um okay. yeah he has a beautiful instagram and he does a lot of like live uh sessions where he's illustrating but i have to talk about the design team that was assigned to this project because I have visions for what I wanted with some of this. And so did my editor and we would communicate ideas. And then Marco would, you know, go to the sketch pad and sketch out some, that's my mom. <laughs> He's so cute. I, I um, love it when people's families get involved and come to the shows or support their books. Yeah, it's we such get a that cool every thing. now and then. Yeah. Cool. This, this book is dedicated to my mom and Stephen King. So it's nice. really nice that she's here. And my dad's here too. I know. Well, backstage we have Steve. No, I'm kidding. We don't. Have <laughs> oh God. <laughs> no. Um, so yeah. Uh, Marco would do these sketches and they would come back and they were all like in blue ink. Um, so it was really interesting. Like they're very bold and, and have like a, a specific color palette in here. Um, mm -hmm. But they would come back with this blue. You guys, there was never a time when the artwork would come back for my approval where I wasn't completely over the moon about it. Like 
he knocked it out of the park first time every time. So they would show me like, what do you think about this for paranormal? What do you think about this for supernatural? And I was just beside myself. I, whatever he did, he pulled these images out of some referential point in my head to just <laughs> nice. match this. It was incredible. I can't say enough about that. And the design team who laid all this out, like, you know, it's so cool how in some of these pages, there's like the black here yeah. mm -hmm. um, where the book recommendation is. And then there's red for some of the other pages. Um, and then there's the pop-up boxes like like uh, Brad was mentioning. I think the author pages are really cool with their book covers. Like the design team did a phenomenal job laying this out. I can't imagine what like doing the ebook was like because oh yeah. man, I bet that was I bet that was hard. <laughs> yeah. Like, I would yeah. I would love to see like some of these like a, the big print of some of these like the big oh, yeah. painting be pretty cool. I love you the... should line up your the headquarters. The Nightworms oh, yeah. headquarters of all like yeah. the big prints of these. That's what you have to do. Yeah, that would be so cool. I'm I'm really obsessed with the artwork in this book. Yeah. I think the I think the supernatural one is my favorite one. Yeah, it's I like so the cool demon again. possession one a lot too. I, I'm digging the yeah. paranormal one because I'm I'm always like the found footage stuff. I I, I get a kick out of that. Stuff. Yeah, and also there's one for like holiday horror. I do. I think I do a little shout out about holiday horror, and there's like mm -hmm. a Christmas tree that's all like squeaky yeah. with like a kid's head on the top. <laughs> it's and let's yeah, it's just like the small things, like just like the header up here. I don't know if that's shown up, but like almost yeah. every page has some sort of art in there. So it's a very not only is there a lot of cool books in here you're talking about, but your book itself is really pretty book the way it's laid out. Thank you. It's, yeah, it's very I... clean too. Like I love an illustrated novel. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's illustrations, like, we you know, when we're kids and we're growing up, like, we're reading a lot of books that are illustrated. Oh, are those my parents in emoji form? They're calling, <laughs> they're saying grand, that your mom is grandmother horror. So mother, mother horror is what they're yes, saying in the chat. Grandmother horror, for sure. Um, yes, cosmic horror is the best one. Seth, you are correct. Um yeah, so the uh, with the illustrations, like I think that uh, almost all of our horror should be illustrated. Like I, th I'm definitely putting that out into the universe. Like I don't know if you guys read Slewfoot by Brom, but that is one of the best experiences not... you can have. Oh God, just get it, just go get it. It's like it's on my book? list. It's a really pr I've seen I flipped through it. It's a really pretty right. book. The art oh, it's is gorgeous. Amazing. I've seen it floating around. I got to get that. So yes, you have to. It's folk horror. It's like witchy stuff at the the illustrations are beautiful. Like I love a map. Like Andy Davidson's book, The Hollow Kind, has oh. this cool map. Yes, yeah, right there. yeah, it does. And the, it's on the end pages too. That's Andy Davidson's book. That book's a masterpiece. I that love that book so much. Yes. So I want to talk about you, you. Not only do you have you know all the cool art in here, but you came up with these different um, the reference guide. You have these different icons and horror tones and styles that sort of at a quick glance can give uh, the reader who's going through here sort of what each book is about without having to do a ton of research. So were all those your ideas, the the different icons to use and the styles and tones and everything like that? Yeah, there's, I mean, there's just more than one way to categorize a book. And as I was coming up with like the subgenres under the big chapter headings, I thought like, okay, well, yeah, this is a haunted house book, but it's also like very psychological. And some people just really turn out for, um, you know, a coming of age novel. So I just wanted to make sure that I was cross uh, referencing these books so that somebody who, 
you know, I could, they could really drill down and get those books that are ticking all the boxes. They're like, oh, well, this one has haunted house, psychological coming of age, folk, like, yes, to all of that. So maybe they'll pick that book first. Um, so I really wanted it to be able to be accessible too for horror, horror fans that are kind of like seasoned would get a kick out of reading all of these descriptions and, and, um, you know, chapter headings. But for people who are new to horror, I think that this breaks it down in a really like digestible way so that they could find the mm -hmm. books that they could start with. And some of these are under, like you... under, I was going to say some of these under styles, I like how for the Clive Barker-ish, feels like Clive yeah. Barker, it's the Stephen King-ish, feels like Stephen yeah. King. It's like they both have a feel. You can't really explain it, yeah. but it's there. I, th those are pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah, I also used, um, there's, I kind of was able to cheat on like trigger warnings. So if you look through here and look at the themes, the themes also double as like trigger warnings. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if you, if there's certain things that, if you didn't pick it up in the description that maybe you don't want to read about for whatever reason, if you look over into the themes, you can see like it's going to expose a little bit more about what's going on in there without being spoilery at all yeah. yeah i love all the little icons and but i love that you have the sort of key chart to what each one means the little icons going through yeah those it's are really a, fun. such a cool thing yeah those are really fun and you're talking oh god say you you were talking about um seasoned horror readers and then you know maybe new to horror readers i feel like you strike the perfect balance in here for this has something for seasoned people like Jay and myself. There's still a lot of books in here I haven't read. And for someone that's new, who's only maybe read Stephen King, there's just a world of books in here for them to, to explore now. And the, you know, the stuff like you were saying, this one feels Stephen King-ish, you know, a popular person like that or Clive Barker-ish. If I like Stephen King, I'm going to try this book now because it's in the same realm, sort of the same gut feeling with those. So the way you have everything laid out is just super cool, I think. And very, very helpful to someone who is wanting to learn about horror and what is this about? What does this mean? What's this going to feel like? What are the themes of it? Everything like that. You, It's a lot more than just a list of books. You put a lot more effort and I think thought into it than just you naming off a bunch of books. Thank you. I, you know, I also wanted it to be a little bit eternal or timeless in the sense that when I read a book for the first time, I sometimes like to go over to um, Goodreads and read the mm -hmm. reviews so that I can see like what other people were saying about that book. I don't know if you guys do that, but like sometimes you're just yeah. like, I want I want another person's opinion on that ending or something. So you go look. Yeah. So I wanted this book. Like, there's some really brand new books in here. Like Philip Fracasi's book, you know, Boys in the Valley, just recently came out. So I'm, you know, not everyone's going to have read that, but right. after they do, they can come back to this and read and see what mm -hmm. I had to say about it. And I feel like that's fun. That's like a little bookish conversation you're having with another horror person who read that book before you. Yeah. And then they can say, well, cool. Like I really liked that book and, and here's all the icons that go with it. Now I'm going to go look for all those icons on these other books and find similar books. I'm yeah. glad that you're giving some love to I don't, yeah, it's not the grip of it. Yes. Because my little, I, I can't say her name, uh, but my little story with that is like, I was not a reader growing up and I, I got into it very late, but I remember being at the library, taking one of my kids to the library for whatever reason they had to do research or something. I saw this book 
And this was like a 2017, 2018. I saw the book. And I was like, look at that cover. It's just kind of yeah, like scribbled on there. And that's the book that I credit to get that got me into reading because I read it and I felt very claustrophobic throughout the whole thing. Yeah. For those yeah. not, I don't want to ruin it for those who haven't yeah. read it. But I was like, man, this book is making me feel like this. What else is out there? You know, so I see it's like one of the first books you talk about in here. You know, not a lot of people know about it. It's just pretty cool. Yeah, I like that that book also, and there's other books like it in in this one. Um, it's just more subtle. Like I think yeah. that sometimes people think horror is really going for the gut punches, right? Um, and that it's super visceral and bloody and graphic. And you know that book that you're talking about, and you know the grip of it, um, is is a subtle, quiet kind of horror that sneaks up on you and just is very unsettling. Um, and it has like an amb ambiguous ending, and it's mm -hmm. just sort of like. It's just one of those books where it exposes another side of horror and kind of reaches out to people who are reading other things that might like it. You know, yeah. like there's some thriller crossovers here. There's people who like their horror to be like really graphic. You can find that kind of stuff in here. Like I just kind of tried to pull from all the arenas of horror, all the feelings. Reynolds has a question. Yes. Feels like there's a lot of room to make this a series. Any plans for a sequel or a book focused on a single horror subgenre? This could yeah, this could be infinite, you know, forever. Do it like every two or three years. You got to lay down some inside information here. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say that I love my team at Page Street. I would absolutely love to work with them again. I have ideas all the time about things that I could shine a little spotlight on. Um, so obviously, yes, there are <laughs> things in the works, uh, you know, my editor and I were talking today, we were texting back and forth, like excitedly about some different ideas. Um, I've talked to various friends about ideas, so it's not, it's not something I haven't thought of. I definitely yeah. want to keep doing things like this. It, it's really exciting to be able to have a wider audience for horror. Uh, but I do want to shout out my Instagram. Like I recently learned as a 47 year old how to do reels and TikToks. So <laughs> I'm like a machine right now and turning that shit out like every single day. I make these fun little. Well, you need to make a, a tutorial for me because I, I struggle with that. It's just... <laughs> yeah, it, it's a lot. There's, it's a, there's a learning curve. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just I love making like lists of horror and being very specific about it. Like I just did one that was like escalation horror. So mm -hmm. I just put together like, you know, Hawk Mountain and the, you know, Good Neighbors by Sarah Lingen and just other books that have like an escalation of bad ideas, um, you know, people making bad choices. So I like to just kind of like lump a bunch of books together like that. So if you follow me, you get that shit for free. <laughs> I like what uh, Tim Meyer set up here. That he loves that you have short story collections in here because I feel like they could get overshadowed sometimes with you know the bigger novels that everyone's talking about. Sometimes the short stories and, and anthologies can get overshadowed sometimes. So it's cool that you added yeah. those in here too. Yeah, I did have to fight a little bit for that. I mean, it wasn't like an arm wrestle kind of fight. Like, um, you know, Alexandra definitely loves to hear my ideas about where I wanted to go with this book. And so we had a team meeting and I did say like, I really feel like I need to have some short sto story collections and it is 101 horror books. It doesn't say right. 101 mm -hmm. novels, you know? So yeah. Um, yeah, they gave that to me and I kind of expanded the list like a couple times where I was like, 
okay, I have like five. No, I have this many. No, I have this many. <laughs> um, because they're important. Short fiction is an important format for horror. Like it's yeah. horror like, really like, works with short fiction with, with oh, novellas and short yeah. stories. Yeah. Yeah. It it's properly. You can you can have a feeling of horror that lasts from beginning to end mm -hmm. in eight pages. That is just a real punch. Like um, I recently read Stephen Graham Jones' Sulfur X. Mm -hmm. Like I that story lived rent free in my head for days after I read it. I could not. There's like a visual that happens like towards the end that just was like seared in my mind. Like <laughs> that's horror like and that's a short story in one of his collections yeah. and short stories they can be some of the best stories because they are yeah. so put to the point yeah yeah I, 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 I like that you added short stories in here thank you so do we want to do you want to do you want to test mother horror's knowledge and see how well she i'm ready how well she can do so we, we all we're we going to totally put you on the spot with this by the way put you on the so. spot she she knows, she knows if you storm there. off i'll understand <laughs> no i'm ready let's go so we all know that you know your horror books, but we're going to find out how well maybe you know your horror authors as well. Okay. We'll play a little game of a little game of guess who. Guess who? <laughs> that was that was that was recycled. We used that one before, didn't we? Awesome. Yeah, but it's, it's guess okay. who. Okay. It's guess who horror author edition today. All right. So I only have I've got seven in here. I think that was a good number. And let me say I was telling. Sadie and Jay off air, it was a lot harder to come up with bios of authors that weren't just, hey, I live here and these are my books. Because I don't want to <laughs> read the names of the books during the thing because that just gives it away. Wow. Step it up, horror authors. <laughs> Step it up. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but for the purposes of the game, it was like, this is hard to find. <laughs> All right. Yeah. J Chad knows that he loves the intros. They, they are they're cringy on they're cringy on purpose. <laughs> I love it. It, it. It's where it's where we can do on the budget we have. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. All right, so there's a few of these that I think are really obvious because of one or two lines, but we'll we'll start here. Okay. All right. Uh, so this author is a graduate of John Hopkins Writing Program and Bradus University, where they studied with novelist John Irving. Like many writers, they have a day job too. For over 30 years, they were an intelligence analyst for the federal government and Rand, and is currently a consultant on emerging technology. <laughs> that one gave it away. That's Amakatsu. Uh, Amakatsu. Working for the, the CIA and the FBI and all that cool stuff. <laughs> yes. <laughs> She's a badass. She is cool. I love her. Her stuff's great. I love The Hunger. Might be my favorite of hers. I like The Hunger a lot. Yeah. And her, the fervor. And also she has like a free, I don't know if it's free actually. Ugh, I didn't say that. I think it's on Kindle Unlimited. If you're talking there about you werewolf. go. The werewolf. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would do one purpose. All these authors that are part of the game are people that are actually in the book. So I narrowed it down from infinity to 101 people. <laughs> <laughs> 335 people, right? 335 people. The, okay. the number keeps growing and growing. <laughs> All right. Next up. This author was born in Poland and has always been drawn to the darker, mysterious, and sometimes morbid sides of life. Their earliest childhood memory is of crawling through a hole in the chain link fence that separated their family home from the large wooded cemetery next door. They spent hours among the headstones, breaking up bouquets of silk flowers so that everyone had their equal share. Beyond writing, this author enjoys cooking, baking, movies, and traveling. Do you know any Polish authors you can think of? Who is that? <laughs> I, I like that. That was a good bio. I like that one. 
That is a great bio. At first I thought it was like Jonathan Jans, but with not the, it was the part about going into the graveyard. I think they have a great, he has a graveyard or grew up next to one. Oh, I don't know. Would you like a, would you like a hint? I want to phone a friend, someone in the comments. <laughs> Anyone know any Polish authors? Yeah. Someone in the comments, help me out. Oh, is it Anya Alborn? It is Anya Alborn. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Brenda. Brenda's got it. I thought that was cool. She played in the cemetery as a kid. I phoned a friend. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This author lives a stone's throw from Three Mile Island with their spouse and sons. A baker by day, this author spends their off time writing, working on Shock Totem, or watching MASH reruns. They like Diet Pepsi, cheeseburgers, heavy metal, and they sport ferocious sideburns. While this <laughs> author's output as a writer is fairly sporadic, it has been a reputation, it has a bit of a reputation for being unique. I know who this is. The sideburns gave it away. The sideburns, gave, the sideburns gave that one away. Yeah. <laughs> he has Chattanooga. a t-shirt. He has a t-shirt that's like super. It's like a, just a grumpy, smiley face. It's like with just a little scribble in it. <laughs> I want that t-shirt so much. I was so happy that you included John in here because I love his writing. His prose is beautiful. I feel like he's super, super underread, and more people need to be reading John Bowden. For Amen. Sure. Amen to that. He has a book coming out called Snarl. Everybody has mm -hmm. to get it. Everybody. Like it's so. And so good huh, chad, chad lutsky did the uh the cover for snarl too chad did the cover yeah. chad i love that cover too yeah anyone given john bone love is awesome yes please read more john Bowden. all right this uh this bio is lengthy so i'm gonna trim it a little bit uh, let's see this person was born in 1968 and grew up in their grandmother's house in suburban connecticut where they were convinced a ghost named Virgil lived in the attic. <laughs> they graduated with a BA from Gordon College in 1991 and then studied poetry for a year in the MFA in writing program at Vermont College. A poem turned into a story, which turned into a novel, and they decided to take some time to think about whether they wanted to write poetry or fiction. They wound up living in Vermont in a cabin with no electricity, running water, or phone. Over the years, they have been a house painter, a farm worker, paste-up artist, an Easter bunny, a pizza delivery person, a homeless shelter staff member, and a counselor for adults and kids with mental illness. And currently they live in Vermont, and their neighbors think their house looks like the Adams Family House, which brings them <laughs> immense pleasure. Oh, no. <laughs> and I the Vermont I'll... part doesn't give it away, because there are a lot of horror authors in Vermont. Mm -hmm. I feel like this author's what I've read of theirs has been set in um, the Northeast, like Maine, Vermont, Connecticut stuff. So I'm just going to say Christopher Golden, although I don't know if that's true. Well, no, Christopher Golden so. doesn't write poetry, right? No. I don't think so. No. I changed my, I changed my answer Change. before I said it for real. <laughs> okay. Um, why do you keep saying Joseph Conrad? <laughs> he does. does that me. <laughs> You're trying to make me like mess up. Um, someone in the chat's got it right. Okay, okay. Now, I, do I get to ask? Like, can I ask for a hint? Is that a part of the game? You can ask for a hint. Okay, I would like a hint, please. Um, one of her, one of their books, one of her books has the word winter in the title. Oh, okay, so it is who I thought it could be, and then someone in the chat kind of 
guessed it too. I think mm-hmm. it's Jennifer McMahon. Jennifer McMahon, yes. Yes. The Winter People. I've read her. I've re- that's the only one I've read of hers, you, which Heidi. I did enjoy that one. And that long list of jobs <laughs> she's had just makes me feel this big. Yeah, <laughs> I, love that she, wow. I love that she was an Easter Bunny. The Easter Bunny thing made me laugh. Well, no, I mean, but like helping families and children no, yeah. and all that stuff. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> now I know. I want to know what her house looks like and if it really does look like the Adams family house or not. Yeah, I know. We're all gonna go Google it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. This next author is um, a winner of the 2007 Bridport Prize in Poetry and the author of several provocative plays including Hot Nights for the War Wives of Ithaca. Many know this author as comedian Christoph the Insulter, something of a cult figure on the Renaissance Festival circuit. They currently live in St. <laughs> Petersburg, Florida. <laughs> it's Christopher Buhlman. Christopher Buhlman. <laughs> Christopher like, the Insult. Christoph the Insulter. Yeah, he's like, a, he's like a professional insulter. Like he goes to like Renaissance <laughs> festivals and like Shakespeare festivals and just like insults people with like just talks trash yeah people are just like ooh hot burn <laughs> that's really fun. that'd be a fun side job just talking trash to people and that's yeah, you can what you're supposed to be doing he you can watch like videos like he sometimes posts videos of him doing it it's it's hilarious and that fits because he's he has like the the medieval horror stuff going on too the between two fires and what's it black tongue thief i think is another one of his books. Yeah, definitely like read all of his books for sure. Yeah. We got uh we'll do we got two more. Okay. You're doing good. I think I think you're five for five so far. <laughs> and the audience Maybe. is really helpful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying not to look. This author is a speculative fiction writer with a penchant for dark fantasy, witchcraft, and cosmic horror. They grew up in one of America's most haunted cities, Savannah, Georgia which instilled in them a lifelong love of ghost stories. Currently, this author resides in sun-soaked marshland of Charleston, South Carolina. And the penchant for dark fantasy, witchcraft, and cosmic horror sort of gives away what, sh- what this person writes. Okay. Especially especially witchcraft. Yes. Joseph so- Conrad. No. <laughs> Joseph Conrad. Okay, so as soon as I heard, I was thinking Gwendolyn Keist, but I'm not sure. Not not Gwendolyn. Okay, well, Gwendolyn does write some witchy books, so check that <laughs> out. Um, I've, I may be mistaken, but I feel like this is a fairly newer author within the last, like, five-ish years or so, if that far back. Here's the thing. I don't pay attention to where people live. Is that bad? <laughs> no, that's not bad. That means you're not a creeper. <laughs> you're not creeping oh, on everybody. Is it Rachel Harrison? No, not Rachel. Okay, well, you know what, Brad? One of her books, it's a her, one of her books has witch in the title, and I think her newer book has the word hunger in the title. And now I'm trying to find out where she's at in here, which book you did. I think the witch book was her debut, if I'm not mistaken. And I think she won a Ladies of Horror Fiction Award for best either novel of that year or best debut novel. The word hunger in the title it's either hunger or hungry everyone's looking at the uh table contents now I mean, looking, at the, uh, <laughs> looking at the checklist i know looking well, for the word hunger well maybe that wasn't the book that i used either <laughs> the, the one you used in here i found it it has witching in the title 
Look, there are 5,000 books that are here to go through, Brad. <laughs> oh, oh, it's Alexis Henderson? Alexis Henderson, yes. Oh. Alexis. Did your partner come in there and help you out? I just saw that in the chat. <laughs> Ashley, oh, Ashley's somebody coming else? in the chat. Ashley. <laughs> what you, is her Ashley. new one called? It's Hunger or something, right? Her newest one has like a lady with yeah, like a red dress in the yeah, front. Yeah, Ashley would know the one, the title of that too. <laughs> <laughs> she has a really good memory. We'll we'll give you that one. We'll give you that one too. We got okay. one more. She eventually got it. It's it's I mean, it's, it's her it's her night, it. Brad. She can have it. House of, House House of, of hunger. hunger. I knew it had hunger yeah. in there. I'm not completely crazy. All right, we got one more. There's one. I'm gonna admit one word in this because it's super obvious. And then if you don't get it, I'll give you that as a clue. Okay. Uh, this person was born and raised in Texas in Boulder, Colorado. Now they're 49, into werewolves and slashers, zombies and vampires, haunted houses and good stories. Would wear pirate shirts a lot if I if they could find them, and probably carry some kind of sword. That's that's <laughs> the best that's the best one out of all the bios. Okay, is, it, is that Stephen Graham Jones? That is Stephen Graham Jones. Yes, <laughs> lives in Colorado and is into slashers. I mean, it's basically <laughs> Stephen Graham Jones. <laughs> it mentioned Blackfeet, which would be you know that's the really obvious yeah, giveaway. Yeah, that's the giveaway. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Right. I I would wear pirate shirts too if I could. <laughs> <laughs> Him wearing pirate shirts, and I could see him carrying a sword on his hip because he's always cutting his finger. He's always showing his finger being cut, so I could see yeah. him pulling out a sword. And oh my his god! Off. <laughs> okay, two things about Stephen Graham Jones and following him on Twitter. One is he always has like terrible videos, like just scary ass, like snakes <laughs> coming through the ceiling and yeah. like infestations <laughs> of bugs. And then he's totally falling down all the time. He's like falling <laughs> off his bike and like smashing his finger, and he's just like, "Look at my scab." Yeah. And one time when I was, I was moderating a panel and he told us a story about how he used to pick his scabs and put them in a like soda cup that was oh, like gross. in his Jeep. And he just would have like this cup uh, of scabs. Yeah. Stephen Graham. That's Jones. gross. They're just no. like, they're just cooking in the Jeep in the, in the Colorado heat. Oh, that's gross. That's so gross. It's so gross. Oh. Uh. Oh, what, a way, what a way to wind down the show with that visual. That's <laughs> Just follow him on yeah. Twitter. It's like an endless supply. I'm surprised he hasn't lost a finger yet because I feel like once a week he's talking about how he's cut his finger on something. Yeah, or bit by a rattlesnake. I mean, he's coming across <laughs> snakes on his like trail rides all the time. A big gulp of scabs. Seth <laughs> <But laughs> okay. is just being ridiculous in the, in the comments. Yeah, yeah, someone's having fun over there. I appreciate you. <laughs> yeah. So I do. I would want to say, with all the books you have in here, since you wrote this back, what last year was it? Completely done last year in twenty twenty two. I've turned the final manuscript in on Halloween. Okay, so since you turned it in, have there been any new books that have come out that you would have liked to have included? Not to knock anything yeah. out, but if there's other a few you can think of off the top of your head that you would have oh, liked yeah. to include in here. Yeah, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. Am I supposed to tell you? Which ones are you going to knock out first? Controversy. Which Listen, this year in horror alone, as I take off my glasses and get super serious, <laughs> super, super serious. Here at the end. <laughs> this year in horror alone, I have read more five-star bangers than I have read like any other year. There were a lot last year as well. I will say that, but this year has been, stellar and i don't know if i'm just getting better at choosing what i think i'm going to like or if mm -hmm. horror is just exceeding expectations but 
you know, Daniel Krause's Whale Fall, which came out today, blew my mind. Um, Seth, who's actually hanging out in the chat, has a trilogy coming out through Cemetery Dance, starting with the massacre at Yellow Hill and then a Red Winter in the West just came out. That <laughs> these that trilogy, like you want to invest in characters and fall in love with them and then see them go through the pit of hell, like mm -hmm. Definitely pick up that trilogy. It is so good. Don't let the don't let the Western thing throw you off. Like it's more about like character driven stuff. Um, and also uh, Katrina Ward's The Looking Glass Sound. Yeah, it's back here what somewhere on the shelf. Yeah, the hell that book. I I cannot recommend that book enough. It was so good. Wild Spaces um, is a novella that came out. I if I think on August first. That yeah. book crushed me I was like fetal position crying after Ellen Datlow gave it to me and I emailed her and I was like I love you but also I hate you like <laughs> that hurt me that hurt me it sounds bad. good just like the first sentence about the the young boy growing up in like South Carolina I was like yes that's gonna be for me yeah I mean I could easily just in 2024 like 2023 2024 i already know like i could do another one of these books <laughs> and just you know i don't know what's going on in horror but but yeah. well, I, I think someone releases something and it's so good it raises the bar and everyone else sees that and they have to try to one up each time and it's just yeah you know there is no sky there's no ceiling on this there's no limit to it but i can't believe you've had to wait almost a year for everyone to experience this book you, you turned it in halloween of last year so we're getting close yeah. to halloween wow yeah i mean you've had been like at times on the edge of your seat like i can't wait for people to see this you know and i couldn't imagine what would be going through your head that whole year that's just i mean i feel like that's <laughs> a really short amount of time i mean some mm -hmm. people sit on their novels oh yeah I, I know but i mean something like this in depth yeah. and this like you know, you 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 see these lists that you googled, you know, and they're like that list is garbage compared to the list I have. <laughs> just waiting for the world to see, you know, you know, you see one list on Google and it's the same books that twenty five other lists have. But wait till they see my list, you know, yeah. mine's gonna be the official one. <laughs> I mean, no, I didn't think that. <laughs> um, but but yeah, it was really hard, especially like, you know, I couldn't review the books the way that I wanted to that I had included in this um, because, mm -hmm. you know, that would be really like spoilery. Like as some people know, or like if they follow me on uh, Goodreads, I <laughs> I was stupidly filtering my books into this like 101 bookshelf. <laughs> like, like I forgot that people could see it. And, and then I realized or somebody pointed out to me like, I can see what books you're putting in books. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, okay, you guys are too good for me. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I had to like kind of not review certain ones because you could, there's only like so many ways you can talk about a book, you know? Like yeah. I couldn't write one review for the public and one review for the for the book, one yeah. like write-up. Um, also, I don't use the word review that much anymore. I try to use book response and also mm -hmm. I don't use stars because I think stars are really reductive and I think people really focus on them. I think people talk about them too much and I don't really have like a big difference between a three and a four. So, you know, yeah. stupid. I don't like stars. And, and some people get so upset like, oh, you gave my book three stars. Like that means good, but it's like, it's so, so constrictive, the star system. 
Yeah. Plus I put a lot of effort into my rewriting my review. Like, you know, some of them are like really long. Like I break it down. Like I do in the book, I, I break it down by like subgenre tone category, like what you should know going into it. Like un I avoid spoilers. I write this big, long way about like how I felt like, don't just go, Oh, she gave it four stars by like fucking yeah. read it and, and see what I had to say about yeah. it. You know, like I don't, the stars are way too reductive for, for art not gonna yeah i wish you could post them without oh i guess i wish amazon and stuff you didn't have to do stars me yeah, too i don't know amazon might have changed it but i know goodreads you don't have to leave a rating you can still leave your review but yeah most no, people just amazon focus on how many stars did it get and it's like oh that's that's cool we don't read anything else yeah i don't uh and i don't say it's art too by the way because like i don't hear a lot of people say that i say it all the time i, I make him go crazy because i always call it art myself it's you just call it art too like how do you rate art yeah, yeah. Right? so yeah it's so it's, it's so personal so to each person yeah 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 it's totally subjective like you know and that's another thing about this book like people are gonna come at me and be like oh i can't believe so-and-so isn't represented here or i can't believe like this book wasn't on it and i mean we're all so different we all have like different likes and worldviews and and i don't have time to read a thousand billion books <laughs> like yeah. you know i just like I don't know. It's just my list. It's me as a person who reads a lot of horror, picking my favorites and picking different things. It's not like a definitive list. I didn't say these are the best books of horror. Like I, it's not that list. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's these ones just you need to read. It's not the yeah. best of all time. Yeah. So yeah. as we start winding down here and, and so we could get the mother horror challenge hashtag uh, challenge. Get going. <laughs> uh, give us a little bit of pitch you have a lot of people to chat and then, you know, thousands of millions of other people watch this later. <laughs> Give us a little pitch of why we, they need to pick up this book. Okay. So I think that you could pick up this book first and foremost for anyone in your life who loves horror. Um, if you aren't in particular a horror fan and it, this doesn't appeal to you, buy it for somebody that is in your life that you know is into horror. It's a it's a gift. It's it's like speaking their love language. Um, this book speaks my love language of horror. So it's not just a list of books. I really go into, you know, some of the nuances of horror. I talk about origins. I talk, you know, I just kind of like chat with you like we would in a in a cafe about like why I like horror, why it's cathartic to me, why I'm enjoying it. Um, and then for each book, I kind of tell you why I think you would, um, what, who it would appeal to. Um, mm -hmm. So it's for seasoned horror fans. We're going to be able to like relate to each other and maybe some books that you haven't read. It's for people who just got started and are having a tough time navigating it. And it's for people who don't have access to the internet or want to be on it. Like, let's just be real. Like social media is where we get a lot of maybe our recommendations, but not everybody is sitting around on Twitter or Instagram all the time like I am. And this book will help <laughs> you find those books that you wouldn't find, like, you know, maybe most of us are finding on social media. So, yeah. I was going to say this is sort of parallel to what Grady Hendrix did with Paperbacks from Hell for like all the old, like, 70s and 80s paperbacks. You do the same thing for, you know, stuff from 2000 to pretty much current. So, I feel like they're sort of equivalent. If you like Paperbacks from Hell and what it did for, the old school eighties paperbacks, then pick this up. Cause you're doing the same thing for the, the modern age of horror in here. 
Oh, cool. Yeah, thank you. Somebody else said that about Paperbacks from Hell, too. And I like love that book. It's iconic. Mm -hmm. So just to be in, mentioned in the same breath as that book is really cool. Yeah. Sadie, we can't thank you enough for picking us to do this and sharing some time because I know you're very busy today. I'm sure phone calls, got, text messages, got, and all the messages and stuff, and you know, all that she's stuff. Got 5,000 of these to pack behind her yeah. as well. <laughs> 25 million to pack behind her. So, <laughs> Thank you so much for choosing us to do this with you today and hanging out with us. It's been fun. It's been great. We appreciate it. We can't thank you enough. There you have it, everyone. This is a book that should be on everyone's radar. You should have it what pre-ordered now. Pre you should be getting it. Getting it in today. Yeah. This is your, your TBR yeah, topware so, right here. That's what I'm going to call mean, the TBR topware. Any of your previous TBRs, throw them out because this is the official one. And, it, and it's got the checklist in the back to keep track of your TBR. That's the best. And now we have to wait and see like how many times we see on Twitter, though. Hashtag mother horse. Hashtag. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love it. Do it. Um, I really want to thank everybody who turned out in the chat. Like it was so fun and super distracting to like look over there and see everybody <laughs> talking. That was great. Yeah. And you two are just phenomenal hosts. Like I definitely wanted to be on your show just for familiarity and comfort. Oh, come um, on. Keep, keep it coming. Yeah, you guys are great. <laughs> I I recommend like when authors are looking to go on a book tour, I always recommend you guys to them because you, you're just great hosts. You're very gracious. Um, Brad, I heard you making fun of Jay's gray hair. Like, I mean, <laughs> what are we doing here, Brad? What are we doing? Uh, but Brad's, yeah. Brad's a young and he's he's in his 20s, <laughs> yeah, still, I think. Brad. No, I'm a, I'm at least 29. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. No, I'm older than that, but not too much older. <laughs> no, but thank you so much for coming on and agreeing to be part of it. And super huge congratulations for your book coming out. I know this must have been a dream come true to go from being a, a reviewer to having the book package with Nightworms and then finally having your name on the book on bookshelf stores. That's going to be such a cool feeling. I'm yeah, super so cool. happy and excited for you. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks again for having me. And I hope everybody enjoys the book. Yeah. Thanks think, everyone in the chat for joining it. us. We appreciate it. Sadie again, you're always welcome to come back anytime. So thank you. All right. And that's the wrap. Okay. Thanks everyone for joining us until next time. Bye. Bye Sadie, thanks for hanging out. Love you, Jay. I know you do. <laughs>